0: about all of college football i'm your host patrick mayhorn i'm joined by co-host ryan donnelly we are i think at our highest energy that we've ever been here and we're ready to preview a national championship game ryan we were we were doing uh we were we were chest bumping we just kept chest bumping before the show we're fired up Uh, we've been uh we've been doing sort of acrobatic stunts uh to uh to to get ourselves hyped up for the national championship game uh how's it going man
1: it's going great, Pat. Um, yeah, neither of us are sleepy or tired. No, um, we're, we're they're saying we're the most fully alert man alive. Those re- um. those reports are <laughs> slanderous.
0: The idea that either of us are sleepy, it is wrong. It's no. wrong. You just can't you can't say that to me.
1: No, I'm not going hunk-shu. Um No, boy, Uh No, none of it. No, we're 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 fully awake, dude, and we're we're good to go. Um, yeah, we got to right. talk about a title game. Yeah. Uh, before we do that, we're going to tell you about our website, uh, which is meet at mcfield.com. Uh, it's where Patrick and I write about college football as well as our friends uh, Kevin Harris and Taylor Fulton. Uh, it's where our message board is. We think is the best community in college football. Uh, by subscribing to it, you also get access to the premium podcast uh, of you know this, this podcast this, as well as uh, my Ohio State podcast, Kevin Harris, High Street Freaks. Um, you can access that message board. you get access to all of our articles. We have a ton of great content on there. Uh, that I think you guys will all love and enjoy. Um, yeah, that's the, that's what we do. You guys get it. If you're listening to this podcast as far as this far into the season, I, I don't know. You probably you probably figure it out what. Right, you guys probably have a grasp on. It.
0: I would hope. I mean, we've been yeah. say, we've been saying it for a little while now. If this is your first episode of the show, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Honestly, that's. <laughs> Pretty, yeah, yeah, pretty funny time to jump in. Uh, kind of caught you at the tail end here. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of different moving forward from, from what we've been doing the rest of the season. Is <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, you're, yeah, sort of getting sort of getting in. You're arriving at the party that's ending at two a.m. You're here at one fifty. I don't know what to tell you, buddy. The door's closed. <laughs> We're yeah. kind of shuffling out at this point. You're just like, yeah, I guess you can get a drink, but. What's the point? <laughs> what's, what's uh, how fast you gonna? How fast you gonna down that? Stuff? Yeah, yeah. we kind of last call was like five minutes ago. I don't know. I mean, I guess I can, I guess I can pour you something, but you might need to take that somewhere else. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta clean these tables, buddy. I gotta bust some tables. Um, yeah, but uh, I, I would hope that people know about the website. If you don't, go on over there to uh, madeitmidfield.com. dot and subscribe. We would love to have you. Love to have you on the message board with the freaks. We love to bark with the freaks, folks. We can't get enough of it. And Oh, yeah. We will certainly be doing that plenty during this title game. Um, you can also, uh, I think probably the best way to prepare yourself for posting on our message board is to uh, deck yourself out in as much home field apparel gear as you possibly can. That is the official uniform of the poster on our website and on every website. Um, and if you go on over there to homefieldapparel.com and purchase something, it's your first time, you can use the code Meet at Midfield for fifteen percent off at of that first purchase. They have high quality collegiate vintage apparel from basically every school. Uh, they got shirts, they got sweatshirts, they've got the uh, the always very cool bomber jackets. They've got the hats. They've got some joggers in some cases. Um, It's all very, very comfortable. It's all very cool. They put the really good designs on it instead of the bad ones. Some companies like to put the bad designs on their shirts. I don't really understand why they're doing No, that. I like the good ones. Yeah, I like yeah. the good ones. Homefield just does the good ones, which it seems I like, like I like the better... soldiers that don't get captured. Yeah, it yeah. seems like a better mod. I don't know what everybody else is doing. Uh, yeah, I'll just put the bad design on there. Homefield doesn't do that. They cut out the middleman. Rather than putting bad designs on good shirts, they just put good designs on, on good shirts, and you can purchase them for your favorite teams, for your enemies um anti your enemies you can uh, anything involving your enemies i know they love they love hatred based purchases um yep. and yep. uh you can uh, you can support that endeavor spite. Yeah, yeah spite they yeah. love spite you can support they that they love a blood feud oh yeah. yeah oh yeah who doesn't i mean in this day and age we need more blood feuds i think <laughs> we need more mm-hmm. we need to we need to get a new like Long running family rivalry in this country. It's been too long. It's been too long since we've had like two families that just absolutely hate each other. Um, we need to bring that back. We need the, uh, <clears throat> you know, we need the part two of the Hatfields and McCoys. We need that sort of deal. Um, and if you want to support that, you can go to homefieldapparel.com and use that code meet at midfield for 15% off of your first purchase all of the proceeds go towards uh, starting a new family rivalry that will uh, take America by storm. And we're all very excited about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, of course we uh, we're, we're, you know, we're spreading the home field uh, and the, of the country, uh, whether it's by the pen or by the sword. Um, yeah. So it's your decision if you want to buy now or if we're going to show up uh <laughs>
0: Show up a gunpoint to your door and make you
1: buy it. It's yeah. your call.
0: Uh, yeah. There's no, sword no pressure, point. of course, but but the clock is ticking. Yeah, sword, sword point, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so the code is made at midfield for 15% off of your first purchase. All right, let's jump right in here with this national championship game. Of course, it is Washington and Michigan. Um, where's the, This is in Houston. It's in the stupid the the shitty stadium in houston the energy stadium for some reason yeah um but the uh the the game itself is good (laughs) it's not it's not the game's fault that it's being played in a bad stadium um we've we've talked about it before man we got to get the nfl stadiums just out of here we don't need them we don't need them involved in our beautiful sport we don't need an nfl stadium in any way touching college football it's just not necessary um, well,
1: I but... think I think the one people like is SoFi. I heard good things about SoFi. I've never been. Yeah. Uh, people seem to like the game experience there, but um, college football does not belong in Los Angeles. No. Uh, unless it's in Pasadena.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's barely Los Angeles. I mean, you got to kind of you yeah. got to get out of town a little bit to get to Pasadena. Um, yeah. Th- that's. Uh... Yeah, just I just don't have any interest in like oh the Texans play there. Okay, I don't care about the Texans, and I certainly don't care about where they play. That's none of my business. (laughs) That's not, that's not my. I don't need to know that. I don't need to know where the Texans play. I don't need to know anything at all about the Texans. It's not my problem. Um, But as for the game itself, uh, it's good. It's it's good. It's a fun matchup. It's a fun clash of styles. Two very very different teams that took very different paths. To the same place here in the last game of the season. Um, uh, just at the at the onset here, overarching uh, sense. Where where are you at with this right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the big narrative coming to this one, and for good reason to a certain extent, is that the perception is that Michigan's lines are going to crunch Washington. Right, the Michigan's going to dominate the trenches, um, and and I think there is a level of validity to that it's to some extent like Michigan matched up against Alabama and they did dominate in the line. It's worth noting that Alabama's offensive line was pretty shitty for large stretches of the year. Uh, and that Michigan or the side Alabama's defensive line um, couldn't really stop the run. I mean, they were a good, a, a good pass rushing unit, but I wouldn't call them very consistent throughout the year, um, which to me, like, and, and we did see Michigan struggle for sections of the season, right? That, like, very vaunted O-line wasn't actually that good all this year. Uh, and they had a good performance against Alabama. They averaged almost six yards a play. And yeah. uh, you can look at some of those shot plays that maybe were, uh, I, you know what I mean? Like, the J.J. McCarthy uh, gets a tip ball and still goes for a big play to receiver. He catches a one-handed pass to get off a play on the sideline. The like, there's some of those plays that I'm like, yeah. all right, well, I know Michigan's a deep bag of tricks. They've done really more the it's Keeping those up, but how many of them are there? You know, I mean, like, how many are left in the tank for a title game? Um, but but the thing to me is that I don't think Michigan's offensive line this year deserves the reputation it has, especially with Zach's interrupted the season. Yeah. Um, I think they played well against Alabama. I, I still think those tackles are somewhat of a concern to me. Um, I think they did a good job and have done a good job lately about protecting J.J. McCarthy on uh, straight dropbacks from that, whether it's rolling Matt a little bit. Um, or just generally kind of getting, you know, hot reads for him and I, I, his own mobility. I think he's done enough to protect him. That's been mitigated a bit. Um, but the idea of, like, Michigan's rushing attack as a dominant unit, we haven't really seen this year, right? Like, yeah. they they did well in that Penn State game, like, controlling the football, uh, when they knew that Penn State couldn't move the ball themselves. Yeah. But I really don't think this is the same Michigan offense it's been in past years, right? Yeah. They
0: are not... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, it, it, I was just like as you were as you're talking through it I was having the thought and I don't know if I'm the first one to say this I doubt I am. Um was so I know that that the the game against Alabama was was ugly for you know fumbles and and for just kind of some sloppiness and and obviously special teams miscues and on on both sides and the bad snaps for alabama and it was not like like the the, total fumble yeah Yeah. the the consensus that i have seen in general is that like michigan won on what was probably not its best day in general um and i think that that's true however was that i kind of feel like that was the best game of the year from michigan's offensive line and it's it's rushing attack I I don't like the statistically no but I don't really care all that much about padding rushing stats against bad teams against good teams against legitimately good teams against ranked opponents I feel like that was the best I have seen Michigan look on the offensive line in in both protecting for JJ and for you know leading the way largely for Blake Corum um, is that f- fair? Yeah. Is that, a, is that a reasonable thing? Cause like they couldn't really pass the ball against Penn state. They didn't need to, but it was, it was kind of a struggle there. It was kind of a struggle to keep JJ upright. I think the Ohio state game is somewhere between the two, but I, I feel like the Alabama game was for all of the, the stuff that did go wrong for Michigan for the mistakes that they did make in special teams. Uh, for some of the turnovers for stuff like that. Yeah, the O line showed up. Yeah, yeah, I thought the offensive line played really well. Um, which is, (laughs) which makes for an interesting dynamic where you're talking about like, yeah, I don't think they played their best game, but their offensive line maybe did. Um, and like you said, Alabama's lines had some strength and some, some strength and some weaknesses. I think that their offensive line was. Kind of coasting on reputation a little bit <laughs> this year. I was never really all that impressed with Alabama's offensive line, yeah. um, and that was sort of backed up. But I, I do think that if you're talking about like things that are trending in the right direction for Michigan heading into this game after the Rose Bowl, I feel better about the line now than I did last week. That doesn't it doesn't erase a full yeah. season of like kind of underwhelming play, but I do think they played really well in the, in that game, and that you can you can take some encouragement from that, I, I would caution against the the idea that like, oh, it's fixed. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. It's completely good again. It's right back to where it was. Like, I don't, it was one game and it was a really impressive game from the line and the rushing attack did what it needed to do to win the game and, and probably had its best performance of the year. But it's still one game in a sample size of 14 and the other 13 games were not quite that Im- impressive from Michigan's rushing game.
1: No, agree. Like this is not the Joe Moore of unit than it was the, the previous two years. Yeah. Um, certainly not. And, and it's like, and, and that's, I think, okay, because I don't know what you want to call it. You want to call it great coaching or the fucking clutch gene or whatever. Like even when games and when Michigan's line has not played very well, they've done enough latent games to close it out. Like they had that long fourth quarter drive against Ohio State. Um, they had that, you know, final touchdown drive against Penn State. In this game, they marched on the field to tie it up uh, and then got their, their you know, easy touchdown in overtime. Like, they have done enough late in games to do it, and I think that is where um, I, I not even want to call it the O-line success, but more of, like, Michigan's s success shines shine through, right? Like, this is a well-conditioned, strong football team that is comfortable playing in a, a slobber knocker all day yep. and still being <laughs> static in the game, right? And they're like, they're a- able to take some punches and keep going. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a credit to Ben Herbert, their strength conditioning coach, um, because they do seem to, you know, be strong when other teams are wearing down. And that is, and that is important, obviously. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, like, I thought they protected JJ well. I don't think the rushing attack was like super successful against uh, Alabama, or against Ohio state. Like when they played those teams, I mean, they didn't really do a ton in either of those games in terms of like, you know, road grading. Uh, I-, I would say the narrative coming in as well about Washington is that they can't stop the run. And yeah. which is, most, which
0: is mostly true. <laughs> I think it's mostly it, it's true. Been, that they it's can. been true in a
1: lot of games. Yeah. But, but like Washington's also played the second, fifth and eighth team in rushing success rate so far this season. They played four games against those three teams, two yeah. against Oregon, which is second one against Oregon state and one against Arizona. Uh, Arizona, by the way, I was a little surprised. Yeah, to the top ten in rushing success rate. I was, yeah. Not, I was thinking um, it was
0: going to be Utah. I guess Utah didn't do a whole lot super successfully offensively this year. On offense at all, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um,
1: but I mean, yeah, Arizona went for 110 yards and 31 carries against them, three and a half yards a carry. Yeah. Uh, Oregon State went for 148 yards on 40 carry, uh, 3.7 yards per carry. Uh, Oregon had more success on efficiency rating; they averaged. Uh, 6.2 yards per carry and 5.1 yards per carry in those two games they played. Yeah, uh, They were better uh, running the football in the Pac-12 title game than they were in the in the regular season game. But even then, like, you know, Oregon, I think, in those two games combined, had one run, or than 20 yards, uh, against Washington. Like, they were getting some chunks here and there, and they were finding space. They weren't, like, breaking off big ones. Yeah. And all this is to say, well, I understand the statistics of Washington. Like... We talked about it in, in the in the uh, semifinal matchups that Washington is a team that feels like its defensive performance does not match up with its statistics. Yeah. Uh, in the sense that in high leverage moments, in key moments, they have a couple guys who are prone to make big plays. We've talked about Braylon Trice and and Jamar Muhammad a million times, and I think Trice will be a factor in getting after McCarthy. Mm. Uh, he's a different kind of defensive end they saw, or different kind of pass rush they saw against Alabama uh, with Dallas Turner. I, I don't know if he's better, but he's different. Um, and I think in a way that kind of, kind of tends to work better I against Michigan's line kind of yeah. more reminds me of Chop Robinson, than he does Turner. He's um, uh,
0: well, like the easiest way I think to 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 describe Trice is that he's really really fast. He's really really fast off the edge, and he's not yeah. like he's not the biggest guy in the world, but it is hard to, it's just hard to stay in front of him because he comes off the edge really like he's I think he's one of the fastest yeah. edge rushers in America and he's yeah he's fast at the ball yeah and, and so. he's used that to great success this season
1: yeah and and he doesn't necessarily line up further off the ball the way Turner does they're trying to like create space for him which I think Michigan's very good about reading blitzes um it's a lot of just like straight up like I'm lining up outside the tackle um trying to get by him and like that's <laughs> and like like Washington doesn't do anything crazy on defense in that regard They are having to put his hand to dirt and get by you, and uh, he wins a lot of those one-on-one matchups. A great success. Um, I don't know that. I'm not saying that Washington is like going to come out and fucking pitch a shot against Michigan. I don't think that at all. I think Michigan is going to be efficient against Washington. I think they're going to find space. Especially like I I am concerned for Washington about Michigan's tight ends matchup against their linebackers. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's a real point of weakness for Washington. But like I, I do think. Raylan Shrice will be felt in this game more than Dallas Turner was. Um, and a- again, like, I think that some of the encouraging parts about Washington are that they have much like Michigan have played their best in the biggest games. Right. Yeah. And that, you know, I, I think that uh, Washington has found a way in all of these games it's not like shut down an offense, but to win high leverage moments, to make plays they need them to, to get off the field on third down, to force turnovers or force havoc plays. Um, they are better than their statistics suggest on defense to me. Yeah. Uh, I still think Michigan will have success running the football because, as much as I'd like Trice, I don't trust the interior of Washington's defense as much. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. And, and, you know, while Michigan's right attack we talked about is really not what it was billed as, uh, they're willing to hammer it all day if they're, if, you know, they're not giving up big plays. They haven't given up big plays to an offense all year. Yeah. Uh, they haven't done that at all. And while Washington relies on that, a time, and I think we'll talk about Washington's offense in a second here, um, I don't think Michigan is gonna panic or deviate from their game plan. Uh, we saw them kind of rally for two big gut punches for Alabama in that game uh, and not really lose focus. And, and you know, sure, they played ahead much of the game against uh, against Ohio State, uh, against Penn State. They were either you know, in a tight game or playing ahead for a large stretch of those two games. Uh, there were moments they tried against Alabama and they didn't look nervous, right? They kind of came out and did what they had to do. Yeah. Uh, certainly they had fuck ups. Like, I, I mean, I, I think that first, uh, they were definitely way too tuned up for those first uh, possessions. Yeah. Uh, where they had the McCarthy in your interception, the Smosh Morgan punt fumble, um, you know, a few things there, but they, they rallied throughout that game, right? So I think Michigan is content to let them work it out. And McCarthy has done pretty well about extending plays and finding space in his receivers and tight ends. Yeah. Um, So, I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't really, like, I think for Michigan to win this game, they want to
0: keep it more in a phone
1: booth, right? Like, if Washington's able to turn this into a track meet, I think that's a very bad sign for Michigan.
0: Yeah, well I mean it's a bad sign for everybody, right? You you, you yeah. that's just not a good way to play this Washington team because they have the best track meet offense in America. They have, you know, Sure. They have a quarterback who can hit every open receiver and they have receivers who are open on every play. We've we've talked about that a lot this season. They will do that. They will do that against anybody. They will do that against the best defenses that they play. I think that Michigan is probably the best defense. They have played or will play this this season um, they're still going to move the ball they're still going to have some some of those big explosive plays down the field I I know that I know that Michigan played extremely well in in limiting the the big passing plays from Alabama and that in general it has like you said pretty much just not allowed explosives like at all this season Um, Washington is going to is going to get those. It just, it just will. And to, to, you know, you can't reel from that. You, you can't, you can't let them make it into yeah. that kind of game. And I do think that Michigan yeah. is, is uniquely positioned not to do that because Jim Harbaugh is so adamant about the way that they play football. Uh, yeah. they're, they're, Every Michigan game is going to look, basically the same they don't they don't deviate all that much from what they want to do because Jim Harbaugh is very stubborn and it has worked out really well for him this season and in in recent seasons they've won a lot of games doing basically the same thing taking basically the same approach of the you know the the enterprise is the run defense it's it's you know the defense in general it's a pass rush that gets home it's a really really smart really well coached defense and then it is running the ball to varying levels of success to set up easier throws, not to say that he can't make harder throws, but to set up easier throws for J.J. McCarthy. Um, That's the way that they play. (laughs) They are a run-first offense that wants to win, doing that, being more physical, playing with defense, getting games against the best teams that it plays into the fourth quarter, and then, like you said earlier, winning with strength and conditioning, winning with the fact that they are still... They're still ready to go in the fourth quarter, and they might even be. I mean, in the closest games they've played, I think Michigan has been better in, in the fourth quarter than it was at any other point in the game, and that's a really, really nice thing to have in a game against this Washington team specifically, because like we, we've we've joked about it, but it's not really it's not really a joke. Washington has played and won the same game this year. Like seven times. It's just like the, yeah. the the Texas game that we just saw, both Oregon games, um, the Utah game, just okay. off the top of my head. The USC Oregon, game, yeah, the the Arizona yeah, USC Arizona. Oregon yeah. State was a little bit different, but like they, the have, game. yeah, they, they have played the 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 game of they take a lead, they look like they're going to kind of pull away in the in the third quarter. They don't do it. It tightens up in the fourth quarter. And then they do enough. They get a stop. They you know they get a big timely stop, or they score, uh, and, and they put the game away down the stretch. If you know that that's coming, which it probably is, I don't think that this is going to be. I don't expect a, a blowout in either direction. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's that's me just being uh, hopeful because we have seen. I mean, we've seen a lot of blowouts in national championship games recently. I think we've seen basically exclusively blowouts, if, if memory serves. Um, and I guess the
1: Alabama Georgia game you can go back to
0: yeah. What was that like thirty three eighteen? Um, I, I think. Cool. Um, yeah, but there was
1: that late pick six. I'm yeah, right yeah.
0: It was um, it was close until late, but other than that, it's it's been a lot of blowouts recently. Um, and I don't want that. <laughs> so maybe this is just wishful thinking, but I I do think it's going to be both of these teams as a as a as a principle of the way that they operate of the way that they're built they want to win it in you know with with late play they, they want to win it with big plays in the fourth quarter and i think washington is probably better at the you know the the fast starts i think that washington has started as well as basically any team in america this season and i would guess that they will probably do that again here it takes some getting used to playing against this offense and I think you've seen that from you know defenses that that range the the scale of quality and I think that Michigan is yeah. gonna have to deal with that as well but it's probably going to be close in the fourth quarter and it feels like that's I mean that's a really good matchup that's a really fun really yeah. tough matchup because Michigan does get stronger and does seem to have that that extra you know that that next level that it can go to in the last quarter when the game is close and Washington has (laughs) found a way in every fourth quarter and gets those timely plays, gets those big high leverage plays a lot on defense. They've had some of those moments on offense. They've not needed to do it a ton on offense. They've won a lot of games, closing it out with their defense. Um,
1: But but, I mean, I think the thing you can say about the fourth quarter as well is that like
0: Michigan is very capable of taking the air out of the
1: football and just like and keep away from you, not letting you get into a rhythm, not letting you run your offense. Whereas I, I think the advantage for which is obviously a huge advantage, right? you can have a you know 15 play, six and a half minute possession, uh, you know, that's huge. Whereas Washington, I think, can strike very quickly, uh, almost always. Um, and, and that's a little obvious to say when you have the receivers and passing quality and you know, Michael Penix that Washington has, but it's I think I agree with your assessment that it's going to be a tight game report, right? I think that seems pretty obvious to me. Yeah. I do not think, and I'm, I'm copying what I'm going to say next, I do not think in any way that either team's going to get blown out here. I agree with that. Yeah. If it were to start out with a big Michigan lead, I think Michigan is built very well to defend that yeah. by just grinding clock. If it were to start out with a big Washington lead, I don't think Michigan, and Michigan has not had to play that game all season. No. And I don't know how well they're built to do. Um, McCarthy has definitely found some ways to hit bigger passes a, a, as the season's gone on. But I don't really know that you can trust your tackles to hold up against pass rushers, That You can trust those receivers to make plays consistently. Like, there are things that work for them in big moments, especially against Alabama. But if I had to bet on that for, you know, uh, two or three quarters of a game, trying to do that consistently for Michigan... I don't think it's gonna work out very well. Yeah. Whereas I think Washington can they're gonna be hard pressed, and Michigan starts taking an air out of the football, uh, but they can still score quick at any strike in the game. Like if Washington's down two scores with seven and a half minutes left and not out of it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Uh I would We'll see. I, yeah. Yeah. On, on that I I would be <laughs> I would be worried, certainly, about JJ for you know having to kind of lead Michigan back if they're down by a couple scores early on, having to rely on him more as a passer against a a defense that is entirely opportunistic, right? That's the only, that's, that's their whole thing is that they, they, they will force, they will force a crippling turnover or two. They will get twice around the edge. They'll send the, the, you know, they'll they'll send pressure on third down. They'll send pressure on any down. um, And they will try to force you into a bad throw. And, jj has gotten away with it (laughs) a lot this season he's gotten away with it almost entirely but he does make some throws that would get him into trouble i think and it's not to say that washington would take advantage but i think that washington is pretty well equipped to take advantage if that if that happens yeah um i think i think
1: the mccarthy like mccarthy experience is every game has, has like two or three NFL throws yeah. and like four or five complete bozo throws, <laughs> which have not really been taken advantage of too much. And yeah. then like another 12 to 20, like just above average college football
0: quarterback. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: And he's very mobile and it works for him because, you know, Michigan uh, has a lot of rushing threat and it keeps people off their toes and, and they're very well coached. And Moore, uh has a great sense for play calling and all those things are true. Um, I will say that Washington, if Washington's pressing for that big turnover situation where they feel like they need to get the ball back. Like, I do think Michigan's very good about dialing up um, confusion mm-hmm. uh, amongst the defense, their, and I think that their
0: their misdirection stuff is excellent, especially in the, in the running yeah. game. It's really, really, really good.
1: And the bevy of trick plays they pulled out throughout the year, even just outside of, like, standard misdirection. Just, you know, I mean, packages for Alex OG or, you know, having a running back or a a receiver kind of get a trick pass going. Like, they do a lot of that stuff, and I don't think Washington is the most disciplined defense on the planet. Yeah. Uh, They can be effective, but they're not going to... uh, (laughs) I don't know how much I trust them sniffing out misdirection very well. And so, like, that is the thing. If Washington's in a position where it starts to press, I could see Michigan... Getting some quick easy scores on them in that scenario.
0: Yeah, something I would I would keep an eye on with that the misdirection with some of the trick plays with stuff like that is that in general, um, yes, Washington's defense loses. It's it, it's not like not just, they're just not super disciplined. They can lose guys sometimes. There are some blown plays, but what is interesting to to me, and I I think I could probably attribute this directly to the fact that they've played Oregon twice this year, and they had to prepare a lot for this, um, that doesn't really apply to the, the shit that happens behind the line of scrimmage. Texas did some of this and then realized pretty quickly that it wasn't going to work, and I think Washington learned this, like I said, from playing Oregon. You can do the misdirection down the field, You can do, and, and you can do it in the rushing attack, but this is not a this is just really not a very good defense to try and dial up like oh a whole bunch of shit happens in the backfield and then somebody leaks open behind the line of scrimmage to the to the perimeter. Washington has gotten pretty good at covering shit happening in the backfield. They've gotten pretty good at covering those misdirection screens. They did it really well against Texas and basically forced Texas out of that. As a, I mean, that's a staple of the Texas offense, and Texas really wasn't able to do it. Um, you can do it down the field. If you're going to do that stuff, you can do it down the field. But I do think that these linebackers and this this defensive line, for their limitations for Washington, they have gotten, by necessity, pretty good at sniffing out stuff behind the line of scrimmage. And that's not the worst news in the world for Michigan because Michigan doesn't do a ton of that. This is not like... This is not the Steve Sarkeesian offense. This is not an offense that will just live and die on that all day. If they do screens, it's usually pretty standard stuff. It's usually a pretty quick screen. And I think that that's a better way to do it against Washington. But those long developing plays that don't actually go down the field, um, Washington isn't really fooled by that very often. Whereas if you just do it down the field, I think you have a much better chance of it of it working.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's totally fair. Um Do you want to talk more about Washington's offense here too?
0: Yeah, my my I think my I do have one last kind yeah. of just thing that that <laughs> bounces around in my head when I think about Washington's defense and that I I think I would just just when you when you look at these guys and we've said this, you know, we've said this on the podcast already, but like I know I know what the stats say. I know what the counting stats, I know what the advanced stats, I know what they all say about Washington's defense. I would just I would caution against buying into it entirely. One, because I think if you watch them play, you see a different result, um than what the numbers just the pure numbers say. And two Washington is in the championship game for a reason and Washington's coaching staff is not stupid and the amount of the, the number of times this season in big games that Washington has relied on its defense to just make a big play down the stretch tells me that they're they're pretty confident in their defense's ability to make big plays and they've they've been backed up by that i think that i, I would i would trust their assessment of that defense uh, probably more than I would trust just like what the the pure success rate says, because they've been right. And I don't think that you would trust a defense that often if you thought they were just full on bad. I don't think they're full on bad. I think that the defense has its flaws, pretty significant flaws, and on a on a down to down basis will be at a, a disadvantage. But they aren't. They're not being put in those spots for no reason. <laughs> Washington is not playing in the fourth quarter with confidence that its defense can go make a play for for just you know hoping for the best like no the defense has done that the defense has has done it reliably this season and has earned that level of faith from their coaching staff I'm inclined to believe them. <laughs> I'm inclined to believe that that faith and, and to understand where that kind of trust is coming from because like they've backed it up. They've done it. They've been able to do that, and that doesn't mean that they're going to be, again, they're not going to shut Michigan out, out or anything, but to, I, I would just, going into the fourth quarter and assuming that Washington's defense won't be able to get the stop has not paid off for anybody this season. They've done it. They've been able to do it, and there's not a great way to explain why they've been able to do it but they have and and I think that that it's just just keep it in the back of your mind when you're talking about this Michigan offense against the Washington defense like yeah Michigan I think is going to have a lot of success on offense it can't assume that it will be able to make that last play in the fourth quarter because all season Washington has faced really good offenses like I think better ones than this Michigan offense not necessarily on the ground at least for for in the trenches, pure what they could be and what they have been at times, but Washington's done that. They've made that play. It is not at all a given that you can do that in the fourth quarter. If this goes into the last drive and Michigan needs to try and drive down the field and make a play to, to tie or win the game, it's, it's not, it's not the most favorable matchup in the world because Washington is really, really good at winning that, that moment.
1: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I do think that I have some faith in Washington if it gets into a tight game here. I, I guess my concern is just, like, can Michigan – everything you're saying I agree with, but I just still have that lingering thought in my head of, like, this late-game Michigan drive of, like, you know, like I said, 12 plays, 71 yards, like, you know, and, and just grind down the clock. And that – because they did it well against Ohio State. They did it against Alabama. Alabama, they weren't trying to grind clock, they were trying to score, but, you know, you get the point. Um, that is a concern to me, that yeah. like, Michigan is capable of doing that. But we won't know until we know. Um, let's talk about watching with the football here, because I think that's going to be the more – uh, thrilling part of the game
0: for you and me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably for everybody. So, I, 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 Michigan's offense is enjoyable, right? If you you can find you can find the enjoyment in it. There's some really cool design in it. But yeah. if you're just sitting down having a beer, watching the national championship game, the the more attractive matchup is on the other side of the field here. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Um, look, the reason why above all else, Michigan won that. Alabama semifinal is because they hit the shit out of Jalen Monroe. They sacked him six times. They dominated Alabama's O line. They were getting interior pressure all day from their excellent group of defensive tackles, uh, primarily led by Mason Graham and Kenneth Grant, but with other guys mixing in, including uh, you know, Cam Good was in there and a few other players. Yeah. Um what Michigan does in the interior of their D line is very impressive. Uh Chris Jenkins also a huge factor. I'm not taking any of that away. There has not been a single quarterback this year better at avoiding pressure than Michael Penix. Yeah. Uh, Washington's O line has kept him clean constantly. Uh, he, or when they don't keep him clean, he's able to evade pressure very well. Uh, I think the left handed nature of him throwing kind of throws some defenses off the way he's able to evade pressure and make plays. I think even if you know it going to the game, there's a level of instinct that comes into when you're used to chasing a quarterback and how you pressure him. It still kind of throws a defender off when you're facing a lefty. Um, I think that what he does with that is incredible. The way his receivers can break off routes and Westover as well. Uh, Dylan Johnson, I think, is great in picking up blitzes. Uh, and he seems like he's going to play in this game. That foot injury still bothered him. And it's like he will play, by the way. Yeah. Um, I, I think that Michigan, if they do even half as well in the pass rush they did against Alabama, they're going to win this football game. I don't think they will do
0: that. Yeah. I, I mean, Penix is, is you know, it, it, it almost goes without saying given who Michigan has played this, this season the quarterbacks it has played uh he's a different uh he's a different beast <laughs> than the guys that they have that they have dealt with and it doesn't mean that he's untouchable i i do think that michigan is going to get you know a lot of pressure this is probably the best pass rush that washington has seen off the top of my head i don't know i utah's is really good um Oregon had some moments, had some guys who people know about, but I, I do think that there's a you know it's going to be a very very tall task for Washington's offensive line. I think that wa- that that Washington offensive line does not get enough credit for how good they are. They're really good. They're really 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 good, especially in pass protection. They're quick. Uh, they are. They're reliable. They're really strong for how. They they just they're not that big they don't look that big but they move really well they anchor really well I think it's a really good pass blocking offensive line um, they're yeah. built to do this they're built to to run the system that they run and Penix's yeah. pocket movement is you know uh, unquestionable he's he's excellent he's absolutely excellent in the pocket at maneuvering around rushers and finding guys open down the field and usually if you give him basically any time at all somebody's going to be open down the field um he is a he is a different level of quarterback this is a a much different level of passing attack than Michigan has seen this season and that's not to say that they can't handle it in in spots but you're not going to shut this passing attack down you're just not you're not nobody is nobody in in college you 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 can't do it. it can't, nobody's yeah. gonna do it. It can't be done. And, <laughs> and just, really really quick, just really quick,
1: sorry, jumping on the pressure front too, because I wanted to expand on that. Is yeah. that uh Washington's played two teams, in the top 25 sack percentage, and Michigan is better at both, uh, but those teams are Oregon State and Utah. Uh and combined, they had one sack, which was Utah scheming up like a Sione Vaki as a free rusher, basically. Um yeah. and that was it. No one neither of those two teams got a true uh, like beat Washington's line straight up sack, which is what, at, what Michigan did all day against Alabama. Yeah, And why their defense was effective is because they didn't really need to set a ton of extra rushers. Yeah, And they're good at doing that. Uh, Barrett and Colson are both effective blitzers. Barrett more so than Colson. Uh, they have Josiah Stewart and, and uh, you know, some other guys in that line. You know, I think um, Jalen Harrell very effective when off the edge. Derek Moore has his moments. Uh, those guys are able to get pressure against the quarterback, but no one's really done it against Washington all year. Consistently. I just
0: want to throw that in there. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and the other thing is like and and you know, Michigan, I think that Michigan's blitz packages are really good. I think that it's a really well designed defense, obviously. And they had some really cool stuff against Alabama. They have had cool stuff all season. I I will say you blitz Washington at your own at your own risk. There's a reason that, <laughs> that Utah and Oregon State, two very good pass rushing teams, didn't do a ton of super complex blitzing and it's not it's it's not because they didn't think that it could be effective it's that the downside if you don't get home is that you give up a touchdown you will give up a touchdown if you do that if you leave four or five defensive backs in you know on on the field and then blitz everybody else and you try to you you just try to win with five back there you're going to give up a touchdown or a huge play you just will you can't you cannot account for all of these receivers with four or five guys it just doesn't work it it it, it hasn't yeah. worked all season and i think texas learned that lesson repeatedly and really kind of lost the game in the semifinal because it didn't pick that up quick enough that you just can't Unless you are one hundred percent fucking sure that you've got him dead to rights that you can get somebody home, you cannot run that risk very often because he will burn you nine times out of ten. You have to have yeah, it. Be, be, you have to have it down. And and when Utah got that sack, they had it down. They knew exactly how they were going to attack, and they knew it was going to get home. But if you're just sending pressure to send it, he will kill you all game long.
1: Yeah, I mean they can like the benefit of the way. Washington's receiver core is built with obviously the big three of Odunze, Polk and McMillan, Then also, you know, Jeremy Bernard's in there. You've Jack Westover, your favorite player. Um, they can play find the fish really easily. Yeah. Even under pressure. They do it all the time. Uh, they will pick on guys if they find the opening. Uh And I think, you know, I, I will say this, we came into the season uh, pointing out Michigan's corner two is a concern, meaning, uh, meaning Josh Wallace. And he has played better than I expected. I, I get four cards to Josh Wallace. He's done pretty well this season. Um, but it, it, there's still, uh, I, I think, some fishes in that secondary. I think particularly, like, the guy I look at is Macari Page. Um, yeah. I think Macari, Macari Page is a bit of a weak blank. I think Rod Moore is, like, good, not great. I, I don't know. I, I think you can I, I think Rod, home.
0: I think Rod Moore is I probably... I don't know if this is. I don't know if this is commonly thought. Probably is. I think Rod Moore's a much better tackler than he is a coverage guy. Um, I, I yeah. trust him a lot more in stepping up to make a tackle than I do in you know if he's put in one on one against any of those receivers you just mentioned. Um, I would not feel good about that matchup. There's not a receiver on this team I would feel good about that matchup with, and that is something you need to account for if you're Michigan. You cannot. You can't, you can't let that happen, and the issue is there are so many fucking receivers on the field running routes that at some point he's probably going to have to cover somebody one-on-one, and you just have to pray that Michael Penix won't find him, and he's going to. <laughs> he, he's, yeah. he's going to. He always does. Yeah,
1: and I will say, like, Michigan does have a benefit here from the fact they have two very good coverage linebackers uh, in Colson and Barrett. Uh, I think those guys are effective. I, I think that maybe... Effective in the way a linebacker can be, right? Which is, I don't think like, you're going to see Colson like, you know, shrieking across the field to break up a big pass. You will see him sticking with his man and whether he's any kind of underneath throws opposed to uh, being less effective. If they haven't really played someone like Westover, in my opinion. Um, maybe that's not... I don't know. CJ Dupree for Alabama is good enough and Kate Stover for Ohio State can be effective at times. But, you know, if... Uh, if, they're, if, if Michigan is able to force Washington to throw against their linebackers and not their safeties, it's a win, of course. Yeah. Right? But I, I do I, – I think Mikey Sarah still and Will Johnson are going to be fine. Right? They've been great all season. Yeah. Um, Wallace uh, – maybe I'm just having, like, the hater gene in me. I know what the numbers say about his coverage. and, and I watched him play, and he's been better than I thought. I still do think – he has not been forced into coverage against the quality of receivers he will play against against Washington. Yeah, I know what who was on Ohio State's roster, and obviously, you know Marvin Harrison Jr. is, I to me, the best receiver in college football.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: but Ameka Buka was hobbled much of the season. Well, Jolie Fleming's not very dynamic. Well, and I know um, who was
0: playing quarterback for Ohio State compared to who was playing quarterback ex- for Washington. Exactly, yeah. exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah, and like I think Michigan really has not faced a high-end passing attack all year. I know what people say about Alabama's yards per attempt numbers, whatever, hit those big shot throws. But, like, we know those receivers. They suck. Uh, those guys are not making space on their own. They can't do it, right? And, and Washington's receivers can absolutely separate. All three of the top ones can separate. Bernard is really effective as, as a yak receiver, I think. Yeah. Like, those guys can make plays individually. And the depth of them is something different than what Michigan has seen all year. Yeah. Do you think that's fair to say?
0: Yeah. yeah, I, I think, I mean, that's it's, the depth of the receivers with Washington is not something that anybody else in the sport can match this year. It's, they're, they're, they're better than anybody. I think they're the best receiving core pretty comfortably in the yeah. country, both in terms of top end talent and depth. They're, they're, they're not really. Uh, challenged on that front and we haven't even mentioned giles jackson but like giles jackson's been really good for them as well and they just they yep. have they have a lot of guys they have a lot of guys who can hurt you and you kind of just have to you have to pick your poison a little bit with these receivers and i think it's something you just need to you know make your peace with going into the game that they're going to get open they're going to make plays because you can only, you know, if you if you want to, you can give that extra safety over to help against, you know, a side of the field that has Jalen McMillan and Roma Dunze on it. Um, and that's probably, you know, a smart decision. You don't want to let those guys go free. <laughs> but even if you do that, they might hit you with that double post and you're still screwed because you're still going to get single coverage with the safety picking one of those two double posts. And then the guy who's not getting the double coverage is going to be wide fucking open because he is... It's probably Roma Dunze, and he's just he's gonna win that matchup. And Will Johnson's really good. Roma Dunze is he has the inherent advantage of he knows what the route is, and he's better at running it than Will Johnson is. No matter how good your cornerback is, and you can do that on one side. You have that safety help, and and you can still face that that problem if they dial up the right stuff, which they always do. And then on the other side, you have no safety help, and you're dealing with Jalen Polk and Bernard or Jackson or Westover, and you still have to deal with that in single coverage with probably not Will Johnson and with no safety help. It's, it's, not, it's not ideal. <laughs> it's just not ideal, and you can't... You know, I don't think Michigan wants to just roll with six defensive backs all game because it doesn't usually do that. That's not really Michigan's no. MO. Um, and if you do that, you do open yourself up to... You know Dylan Johnson. You do open yourself up to even yeah. like we saw in the semifinal game. Mike Penix can hurt you. He can gash you up the middle if he wants to. He can run. He's capable of running. He's willing to do it. They can use that, and and I think they will if they could get some of those big explosive rushing plays. And they didn't have a ton. They didn't run the ball especially well or especially often against Texas. But if they could do that against Texas, and Texas' defensive tackles, when Texas wasn't selling out to just defend the pass, they usually had six in the box they can do that against Michigan especially if Michigan is selling out to stop the downfield passing attack they will get yards on the ground the offense is is it's not you know the rushing attack here is not perfect but it is totally capable even against the best defensive lines i think in the country they just played one and they still had some of those big plays they still had some of those moments where they they got through and they had those big runs and they didn't have a ton but Three or four is enough to keep them on keep them on track and to force you to bring more guys into the box, which then means you're going to get gashed down the field. There's not a good answer for this offense. I don't care how good your defense is. There's just not. There, it's it's if Michigan is going to win this game, they will do it by outscoring Washington, not by shutting down Washington's offense. You can't do it. I I just I don't I have not seen a single thing this season unless it's somehow pouring rain inside of a domed arena. Um, I don't know how you. I don't know how you slow these guys down. You just need to outscore them. You just you need to keep the ball away from them and refuse to. You have to throw up your hands and refuse to play against them. You can't. The only way to beat this offense is to not play them. And I, I think <laughs> Michigan is capable of doing that more than maybe any other team in America because of their their offensive approach and and how willing they are to just grind clock down. But that's that's the only option. If you're letting Mike Penix throw the ball 45 times, he's going to kill you. And I don't know that you can, I don't know if you can win a shootout with Washington. I don't know that anybody can. I certainly don't think that Michigan is built to do that. Um, it needs to stay away from that for Michigan, which I, I was kind of thinking about this earlier and, and turning it around in my brain, and I'm going to put it to you. I think, so the way I'm, I'm viewing this one from a like a game state perspective is that i think washington can win this matchup in more ways than michigan can but i think the most likely game state is the one where michigan wins if that makes sense <laughs> i think that there are more paths for washington to win i think that the most likely path is that michigan's lines are are dominant and make enough plays that they can slow the game down keep the ball away from washington's offense and win not really a uh, like a, a full just grinded out game but that they can keep it low scoring enough that they can keep just you know as few plays as possible and they can win it that way i think that's the likeliest outcome but i think that basically yeah. any path that isn't that is a washington win
1: like yeah i i mean i think that the benefit for michigan is that again well i don't expect them to get to like hit penix and, and sack him three times I don't really expect that. I do think that the way their defense is built, the number of answers that Jesse Minter built into this defense, I think means that they're not going to be the victim of one of those, like, Washington scoring flurries where they hit you on three consecutive drives for 21 points. And it involves, like, four plays of 40-plus yards to pass. Like, I don't think that Michigan's going to fall victim to that because of the number of answers they have uh, and the ways they can create pressure and the guys they have who can cover I don't think that's going to happen. And that's like, those are the games when Washington gets into its game state. And then it's making you play from behind. It allows us, you know, it's strong points of its defense or its pass rush and a couple of its guys in coverage. That is where they kind of pull ahead and get their favorite game, right? And I don't think that Michigan will let them do that. I I agree that Michigan will control more of the game state. You know, I, I mean... Look, we, I think we all know the path for Washington, too, right? That Michael Penix goes god. Yeah. Like, Penix evades every sack. He's whenever, you know, he's not getting an open receiver. He's taking off for extra yardage. That he's hitting guys downfield um, consistently and finding the fish we talked about. You know, I think that is pretty clearly Washington's path to victory. Um, Michigan has... I, I, I think Michigan's ability to control the football... The great answers on defense, um, to be willing to stick to its run game and keep the games close, even if the run game is not ultimately efficient, but wear teams down over the course of the game. Uh, and for JJ McCarthy to extend plays in his own right and to, and to find guys, typically, Tulsa Loveland or AJ Barner, uh, Roman Wilson as well. Like, I think that Michigan's going to be able to play in the space it wants to play in more frequently than Washington does. If Michigan ends up playing Washington's game, they're going to lose.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, nobody is better at Washington's game than Washington is. <laughs> that's they're yeah. They are the best at that this season and that's why they're here. Um if it's Michigan's game, then I have yeah, I have a hard time seeing Washington win that. I have a hard time seeing Washington just just as a volume play, getting enough snaps offensively to win that kind of game. Um yeah. I, I think that the
1: the, the risk yeah. about sorry to cut you off. No, the risk fine. about Michigan's game though is that like
0: even though it is fewer
1: snaps, generally their defense, like they played Alabama, who we talked about them all season, but I think their offense sucked for most of this season. Um, They had Tommy Reese going to as an idiot. They played against Ryan Day, who pissed out his own leg and was terrified to take chances to beat them. Um, But, you know, they played Penn State, which again has a a horrific offense. And they made those offenses look worse than they usually are. Of course, we know that. Michigan has an excellent defense, but I take that away from them. But, we haven't really ever seen Washington flinch the way those teams did, right? Penn no. State flinched. Penn State acknowledged it couldn't move the ball and just kind of turtle. Uh, Ohio State was moving the ball on stretches, but still turtle anyway because Ryan Day is a coward, right? Alabama couldn't protect Milro, couldn't snap the football. Uh, I don't think it got scared, it just couldn't play. Um, and a lot of that's because of Michigan's interior pressure, of course, is a huge factor. But we have never seen Washington Fledge. We've seen them play some good defenses, some great defenses. We've seen them play in tight games against high, you know, high caliber opponents, or game particularly other games as well. They don't really ever get scared or shy away from it. And I think even in more limited possessions, more limited snaps, is Washington just gonna be comfortable playing its game no matter what? And betting that its offense is more efficient than yours and you know comparable snap counts. And I don't know. Like 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 you were saying earlier, right? Washington probably has more paths to victory. Like Washington can win a game playing Michigan football because they might just score more. They might just get more points out of their drives. Yeah, right. Yeah, if
0: if it's if it's tied or close to tied in the fourth quarter and it's coming down and Washington has one more drive to go and score, I have a decent amount of faith that they can go and do that. I, I, you yeah. know, when you have the best quarterback in in the game and one of the best quarterbacks in America, probably the the, I mean. Jaden, we don't like like you said on the on the recap. We don't need to relitigate or pretend that Jaden Daniels didn't deserve to win the Heisman. He had one hell of a year. But like Michael Penix, as a yep, as yep. a as a pure, just guy who makes plays down the field, guy who can pass and and hit hit any throw that he that he tries down the field in that big moment. I, I think he's probably the best pure passer in yeah. the and, country in this and, and, game. Yeah, and and one of the best. That rather I've, have him than Daniels. Yeah, and one of the best that I've ever seen at this level. And when you have the better quarterback in in a game, you have more chances. You're gonna have a, you're gonna have more ways to win because there is no matter what the other team does, you do still have that that option of well, what if Michael Pence just goes crazy and he has done that a lot. <laughs> He's done that a lot this season, and that does give you an advantage. It, it's not the end all, yeah. be all. Michigan has a lot. I I think has a higher volume of advantages in in position matchups. Um, certainly has the advantage in the trenches. I, I think it has obviously the much better defense, better rushing attack. But Washington's passing attack is further than any. Is 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 further along and better. By a wider margin than Michigan's or than anybody else's in America, then I think any of Michigan's advantages are over Washington, save for the run defense, basically. And that is, yeah, if you're playing Washington, the least important matchup advantage to have. It's it, okay, cool. You got it. <laughs> good, good, good for you. I'm, I'm happy for you that you have the run. That you right. have the run defense to stop. A it's team not like they're going to really try to run at you straight up. Yeah, right? they're, they're trying to.
1: Wait till you're back on your heels, dropping six or seven guys in coverage.
0: But, yeah, 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 they're they're gonna they're gonna look at your stout run defense and say, "All right, we'll just avoid that. <laughs> we just won't." Okay, that's yeah. that's that's nice. I'm gonna just not hand it off then. Um, and you can you can go on feeling pretty good about your run defense <laughs> to throw the ball. Yeah. Um. Yeah, our so, running
1: game is you know five yard crossers, to Jack Westover.
0: Yeah, and so you you can like. There are more paths because of Michael Penix and because of this passing attack. It is the most transcendent thing in the game. It is the, it is the the unit in this in this matchup that can most take over and and completely change a game. And so that that does give you more paths. But on on the you know that's not the only part of the football game and the rest of the football game. I do, I do think works pretty significantly in Michigan's favor, but that's where you get that. Like Washington can win a low scoring, low snap game because at some point they're going to get the ball back in the fourth quarter. And if they're within striking distance, they'll probably strike.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think so. Um, I, I guess that's the other thing I'm, I'm, looking advantage of it is like taking advantage of drives with scoring opportunities um that's one of the biggest things uh, i'm curious as well is like how often is michigan settling the lane for a field goal versus how often washington is uh, i guess is what i can't know because like you know i, I mean michigan my perception doesn't set up with this but like on the numbers, Michigan is more efficient in the red zone than Washington is. Yeah, uh, they that, score more often. And they get touchdowns more
0: often. That feels that um, feels right to me. Washington's red zone offense and in general, its its ability to finish like long scoring drives has been uh lacking (laughs) a lot this season Yeah, it has not been that has been i think probably the worst part of the offense is once they get into those condensed fields it's which which makes sense that that checks out with what they're good at
1: and their red zone defense has not been great either they've had a poor red zone defense like that is obviously a huge concern is like could could michigan just take more advantage of opportunities on both sides of the ball in the red zone it's going to be hard for Washington to watch you win. needs to score from distance more often. That's not great for them. Uh, obviously, they've done it all year, and they're the best in the country scoring from distance. But it's still not the state you want to play. If you trust Michigan to be more efficient in the red zone when they have the football, and you trust your defense to be more efficient when you're, you know, trying to hold Washington, your odds get a lot better. Um, I, I guess that's my question: Is can Washington stand up in the red zone, or can they? you know, force Michigan to in for 40, 45 yard field goals more often.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that that's about the, I think that's about the size of it. I, I'm curious where, after, after talking through all this, where you're at with how you think it breaks down, because I, I think, man, I think that, I think Michigan probably wins a really close one. It, Michigan, is hard to I think hard to pick against in this game because like we've laid out over the last hour the reliable repeatable football things in theory (laughs) that you can do over and over again and that Michigan has done over and over again favor Michigan you know Michigan is better at the things that you can you can say oh well that's that's you know Trustworthy. You can run the ball. If you run the ball well, you can keep doing it, and you can gain yards. And you know there's a direct cause and effect. If you're good in the red zone, you will score more touchdowns uh, rather than kick field goals. If you have the you know if you have the better lines, it fav- a football game is probably going to be in your favor. And I think Michigan, like I said, I think the most likely path is probably that Michigan is much better in the lines and, and that it it slows the game down. And closes out of a tight fourth quarter win, but all of those things, all of those reliable football things that you can that you can bank on, Washington has. I mean, it, it has so like at this point, it would be I think irresponsible. It, we would be we would be abdicating our responsibilities as people who talk about football to deny the fact that like Washington's you know offense and Washington's season has been built on things that are not traditionally reliable being reliable they've done it they've not it's not a fluke <laughs> at this point that they are able to just find ways that they are able to create those big plays yeah. when they need them they've they, done they it. have
1: the Justin Bieber clutch chain yeah know?
0: they've just they just have and at that point it, it, at this point 14 fucking games in they still haven't lost you have to just say that that's reliable at this point that they can bank on that that it's not going to just suddenly go away. That would be a surprise if it did that. That would be, that would be you know, an upset if that happened because they're really good at it. <laughs> they have been all season. Um, I, I trust Michigan a little bit more on the whole just to, and, and I think that they're going to win the game because of that. I think they're going to win a tight one, but Washington's ability to do all of those things, to create those big passing plays, to deliver in those big moments, does make it it's a low confidence pick, right? I don't feel I don't feel great about it just because picking against Washington at this point is I I it just doesn't feel all that good. It doesn't feel good to do because they have done this so many fucking times this season where they have come into a game not having a, a clear advantage in anything other than their passing attack and they've found ways to win the game. And I I think that there is a distinct yeah. obviously there's a distinct possibility that that happens. I won't pick it because I think that it is the less uh, you know football just just pure football strength thing to 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 pick i think michigan is better at football things in general than washington is but i really i really honestly could see it going either way
1: everything you said summarizes the game on the field perfectly I, I i think everything we talked about it except the last hour i don't know that i have more football thoughts to add i just have to hope i have to hope in my heart there is some Level of karmic justice in the universe, and, and <laughs> that this Michigan team that have just been like not only, I mean, look, the cheating thing, of course, like we know what's going to happen with that at some level down the road. We know about Jim Harbaugh being suspended for half the season, Uh we know about the way Michigan has handled it just like the fucking arrogance of everyone involved in their team, their program, their fan base of like trotting along Connor Stallions like a mascot after the Cod of, you know, Chase Winovich having him take sideline pictures with him, and uh, of the ridiculousness of the scandal, you know, of just Jim Harbaugh to me being the most annoying man on earth. I I have to hope there is some level of karmic justice in the universe. And Michael Penix, who is one of the best stories in college football, who fought through a million fucking injuries to get to this point, who changed schools, developed under Kalen DeBoer, who has this, like, incredible season. They've won so many tight games and keep finding ways to win and upsetting teams that everyone says better than them of, you know, finding their way to playoffs. at the committee, treating them like a joke at times throughout the year. I think I I just have to pray that at the goal line at the very last second, after Michigan talking all this shit gleefully and pretending like, you know, they're they're, they're, have this persecution complex. I just have to hope and believe that Washington denies them at the final second. And I get to taste some of the agony and misery of Michigan fans because that is – as much as I hate my own football coach, at, you know, Brian Day, how much I, I despise him as a person and how much joy he's denied me for the last several years, I just have to hope I like, to see them, you know, feel it too. That's that's all I can hope for at this point. So, purely, and not for my football analysis that we just did the last, you know, hour plus. yeah. I have to pick Washington because I, I think I need it in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know,
0: nobody. nobody I need nobody, a win, dude. Yeah, I need n- a win. <laughs> nobody get on our ass for for treating the game unfairly. We talked about football for long enough. We can we can do some vibes analysis here at the uh, at the end. Yeah, yeah I, I I like that. Uh, <laughs> I like I like the idea that the dynamic of this game. Is that if Washington wins, it means that there is a God that the, that God remains yes. alive, and if Michigan wins, it means that we have been we have been abandoned. <laughs> we, we have there is nothing there is nothing outside of this world for us. It is, it is if, uh, if 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 the, the angel of vengeance, Michael Penix, can deliver us to a, to a national championship, it is a reflection of a higher power, and if he can't, it is a it's a grim day for, <laughs> for humanity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it means we're all going to be
1: reincarnated as fucking cockroaches in the dirt. Yeah. Uh if he does it. I mean, that's uh ugh. <laughs> I just got to pray man. I just gotta pray they'll deliver us. I
0: um, oh, I, lo- I love the idea of this becoming. We've we've this is a rich vein for it's us. It's good we, versus evil. Well, we love we love the idea of becoming a, a trad calf podcast, just a trad calf college football podcast. <laughs> I do. I I really like the concept of Washington winning a championship, and you and I becoming like extremely religious because of it. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Here's what I'll say. I... I if washington wins i'll go to church yeah whatever <laughs> <Who cares? laughs> you'll repent it's time to repent <laughs> yeah yeah
1: uh, so. i'll uh well you and i will get baptized somewhere we'll go up to this- Seattle get baptized in you can sound yeah sure uh, washington. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, whatever why, it takes man. why not yeah whatever but, it takes yeah. yeah if if nothing well, else it would uh, at least be it would be a, a an immense victory over the you know the 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 proliferation of nerds in our sport uh, there are so many nerds with so many numbers and washington winning after a full season of like all of the numbers saying like no these guys shouldn't be that good this is ridiculous why do they keep winning games um that would Fuck be you that's why yeah that would yeah. be that would be a victory because football is not numbers that's why <laughs> sorry sorry there are 22 guys on the field and you can't possibly quantify what they're doing with numbers um so that would be another that's another uh, morality morality for real, for real yeah. football uh for, for, for for real football, which is funny to say about an offense that throws the shit out of the ball and puts it all over the place against an offense that that runs and plays gap sta- gap sound and has good you know good strength and conditioning and all of that like uh but but the victory for real football is Washington winning because it would be a complete rebuttal of of stats that all year have said no these guys shouldn't be anywhere near as good as they are well they are sorry (laughs) i don't know what to tell you maybe the numbers are bad (laughs) maybe you should look at your numbers then if they and especially
1: too i think it was chris Jenkins. maybe it was maybe it was one of the other players but one of their players was talking about how oh this team is basically just 2021 ohio state we already beat these guys yeah and Mm. you know i mean like they still spent half of this week shit talking Ohio State, and when they're in a national championship game, which, yeah. whatever, it's fair, right? You, you gotta respect but, that. Yeah, uh, that's 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 the hater gene. Uh, uh, you love that. <laughs> it is the hater gene, but like, just come into this game thinking, oh, this is the same team we beat a couple times, you know, three times in a row. Yeah. Um, I right. hope they think that. I hope they come in and truly confident. Yeah. Because this Washington team is not Ohio State. They have dog in them. They yes. They do fight in games. They they rally. Yeah. And I pray that Michigan gets comfortable. I pray they come in thinking they're going to be in one and they're going to beat all the haters or the fuck they tell themselves and that Washington has that genuine motivation, the genuine like togetherness and they do it, man. And they actually do it. And we also, we never get to see non blue bloods win titles. It never fucking happens. Yeah. And Washington isn't like some, you know, little sisters before program, right? They won a title 30 years ago. Yeah. Uh, barely, barely long ago than Michigan did. But it's undeniable this is the non-traditional winner, right? Yeah. Washington would be the team that's upside the Apple heart a little bit. Yeah. And that's fucking cool. Even if they're a, a, a Big Ten team, they're a, a massive university. They're yeah. a team that's won titles uh, before. I, 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 they're I, I, good I, most years. It's yeah. still different.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll say also on that front, everybody stop claiming Washington for the Big Ten. They're in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is still in existence for one more game. This is a Pac-12 yeah, team. Yeah. They're in the Pac-12 <laughs> I don't want. Yeah. I don't want to see any of the oh championship for the Big Ten if Washington wins. Like no, they're not in the Big Ten yet. This is. It would be. It would be a glorious send off for a conference that was that was snuffed out well before its 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 time. I think. Um, is the Pac-12 deserved to exist in you know indefinitely and and it's it's tragic that it won't get the chance. But to to end it on this note with this team. And that, you know, it could have a champion that isn't USC (laughs) or, you know, uh, I guess USC is really the only the only team that would fit that billing as like a traditional power in the league, unless I'm just forgetting somebody because Oregon would be, you know, in kind of the same boat as Washington. Um, Yeah, would be really cool. It would be a really cool way to end it. If it has to end, I would like it to end this way with Washington doing it. It, it, you know, its way all all season and, and being strange and, and bucking the trend and not doing things the way that you're technically supposed to do them in, in a lot of cases, and winning anyway as as a newcomer to the party would be really cool. Um, I don't know if it's gonna happen. I, like I said, I think Michigan probably wins. I don't feel great about it, um, but yeah. I, it it would be a undeniably it would be a really 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 nice way to end this current era of college football and to end the Pac-12 with a a team that is so distinctly different than all of the other ones that win national championships um would be would be really cool and sentimentally would be a uh, uh something just to keep you just to keep you going and to keep the 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 interest in the sport knowing that this can happen that it's not impossible that it can be done that you don't have to have the requisite number of five stars that you can just you can do it a different way and still win a championship would be i think just really helpful for the the morale of the sport and of course i say this knowing that there's a reason that it hasn't happened before and that it's unlikely yeah but boy it would it would be it would be a balm for the for the old soul just to see something else happen just to see something different yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, um, man, goddamn, I just, I fucking need it, dude. I just, I need it so bad. That's all I can say is that I'm, yeah. you know, I hope God is with us. I hope he's not a bad <laughs> <ass>. And, um, <laughs> I hope like, FedEx delivers because what a cool college football player. Like at the end of the day, yeah. they're like, I, I think, you know, if he didn't play for Michigan, I think I would like to play for him a lot. Um, just the way he plays football uh but besides that there is not a single player on michigan's roster that i think is cool uh like, I,
0: I, I'll, I'll i'll say mike sandra still is, is pretty cool i like him a lot <laughs> i i think he's. okay i fine. think his he, whole thing is too. cool i like that he has a 1990s name and that he took a 1990s career path of starting at receiver and then moving to cornerback i appreciate yeah that. okay okay they got two of them fine yeah.
1: you know washington like michael pennix is one of the best stories in college football outright right and then You also have guys that, you know, stayed home in the state of Washington and have built a team there and Kalen DeBoer going there and building something and like recovering from the Jimmy Lake disaster and all these things they've done. Like, I just, I just want to believe in Washington and I'm going to, and I just hope it works out. That's all I'm hoping for, man. Just work. Just let it work out.
0: just once we just need we just need one man just let us have let me see Chris Peterson on the field celebrating with Kalen DeBoer I just want to see it come on just let me have this yeah I need to see him I yeah. need to see it it's it's uh is it so much to ask for one I just want the one I won't ask for anything else I just want the one um what's yeah. the last like
1: cool sports title we got like teams that everyone was happy
0: with? uh probably the Cavs in 2016 it nope.
1: feels like that might be right. I think baseball, I don't, I don't care about baseball.
0: Yeah, who cares? Hockey
1: doesn't count. Hockey doesn't Hockey's count. the championship.
0: Them. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of like NFL champion. The only, I mean, honestly, the only, I can really only remember the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl <laughs> for the last like six years. It feels like they're the only ones who have won it. And I know that's not true, but yeah, I don't. I don't really, I don't really know, because like not everybody was rooting for for the Eagles. I certainly don't root for the Eagles. I don't like Philadelphia as a as I, I root up over the Patriots. Yeah, because I mean as like a, I don't want the Patriots to win. Yeah, yeah, as like a moral thing, I just root against Philadelphia. Um, yeah, hmm. I, I probably, yeah. It was probably the Cavs. It was probably the Cavs in 2016, which I take quite a bit of a joy in uh, in knowing that that's the case. <laughs> that's I like yeah. that. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, it's 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 been a minute. Um we could use it. I think we could certainly use it. Um we could use it. No. I think that's all. I think that's all we got for this one. Uh it has been it has been a long season. It has been an up and down season and there will be one more game and we will see where the chips fall. Uh and we will of course be back on this show to talk about the results and then to uh to get into the off season. Uh we're almost there, Ryan. We've almost made it. Inshallah.